0: What's up, everybody, and welcome back to a brand new episode of POC Talk, the space where we explore POC issues, ideas, and experiences. My name is Brian, a.k.a. b Rye, And before we start, I I just got to say, damn, it feels so good to be back. I'm so excited to be here. I got to say, a lot of stuff has gone down in the last couple months. But one of the coolest things that have happened to me was back in October when I was listening to Café con Pam podcast. And if you, had, if you haven't listened to it, go check it out, like, right after you're done listening to this. But uh, Mr. Luis Octavio, Luis Aguilar, no, he's not my cousin. He is not, we're not related, but I wish we were because I kind of want to be like him when I grow up. But anyway, he was on uh, Café con Pam and, you know, they announced that they were going to host this the first ever Latino, Latina, Latinx podcast festival, and I was like, "Yo, I want to be a part of that somehow." I don't know what I, I don't know, I don't know how, I don't know what I want to do, but I just, I want to be a part of that. And so I was like, "How, how should I be? How what should I do?" And I was like, "Whatever, uh, fuck it." You know what? I'm gonna just send him an email. And guess what? Within like two hours, I get an email back. It was on my day off. I remember I was sitting in a in a cafe, uh, near campus, near my school. And, uh, he said, yeah, we should grab a coffee one of these days. And I said, you know what? Well, uh, my days are, my days off are Wednesdays. And he was like, Oh, it's Wednesday today. Do you want to meet up? And I was like, I would love to meet up. So this guy drove down from Santa Ana. Well, I'm assuming he, maybe, maybe he did it. Maybe he was already in the area. I'm not sure. Point is within the, within like an hour, I was having lunch with Luis. And had one of the best conversations ever. Fast forward to you know, the end of November. I got the opportunity, the privilege of participating in Podcast Serio Fest 2017. The very first Latino, Latina, Latinx podcast festival. Uh, which was hosted alongside Molcajete Dominguero, Which is basically a monthly vendor event held at La Plaza near Union Station and Over Street here in L.A a monthly event so go check it out i recommend it it's dope it's like 60 70 plus vendors that come out it's legit both of which have were started by luis and um i gotta say it was probably the one of the very best and most inspiring experiences of my life just having the opportunity i met i got a chance to meet uh, Luis, obviously, and Pam from Café compam Pam, and Fabi Five, and Babelito from Latinos Who Lunch, um, uh, all of which are podcasters. These are all podcasters, by the way. I suggest you go check out their podcast, Latinos Who Lunch. Nos vemos en el me, Café con Pam. Café con Chisme. Damn, so many, guys. I'll 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 share it. Or just go to the pod- Podcast Stereo, uh Instagram page, and you'll see all these podcasts. But having the chance, having the opportunity to share space with these individuals was... I don't know. I don't know. I can't even describe it. It was, I came in a little bit intimidated. I'm not going to lie. I was like, yo, like these guys know what they're doing. I I just started, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. This is, you know, I'm just here hopefully to learn and see see how it goes. The way I was welcomed into that space, I felt at home. And I I know it sounds cheesy, but it really was indicative of something, you know, just listening to the panels you know one of the topics that was really emphasized was speaking your truth and being uh, your your true self i really took that to heart 300 plus people man like it was an awesome turnout and just you know we see these we see these numbers like we see these numbers in the stats we have metrics and uh we see the people that are listening but to finally put a face on the people that are on those listeners that's that's next level, man. Like, it really validates what we're doing, and that's the most, the probably the most powerful thing. Again, thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Luis, for putting on such an awesome event. Luis, Pam, uh, Bavolito, uh Fabi Five, Fab, um, Loose from uh, Let There Be Loose. You guys are awesome. Shout out to all you guys. But anyway, if you haven't gotten it by now, today's guest is none other than mr luis aguilar we are not related like i said this guy is amazing man this guy is uh has like i don't know 30 businesses i don't know where he finds time he started Dominguero. he started his own podcast called nos vemos en el swap meet he's got his own brand of underwear he sells some cool ass hats he sells some cool ass balloons if you haven't checked out globitos i can't say it enough man it's fucking inspiring and i'm Happy that to have had the chance to share space with Luis and have him come into my space and chat with me for an hour and let me pick his brain and really just talk to me about his experience and, and just bullshit for a little bit. So, again, thank you, Luis, for everything that you do. Thank you for stopping by. And to those of you who hashtag support Brown podcast and hashtag support POC podcast, please continue to do so, because, again, that is what keeps us coming back. But anyway, I'm going to stop talking now. Without further ado, this is episode 13 with Mr. Luis Aguilar. And this is Pod Talk.
1: Like, there are social media influencers now. They have over 20,000 followers, if not more by now. They started with 400 followers when they first came to our event. I mean, that's... I feel like that's what we should be doing as Latinos. That's the only way we're gonna ever get ahead, you know. So I feel like that's important.
0: I mean, I've been recording, so
1: oh, you have? Yeah, that's oh, I, cool. That's what I do. But yeah,
0: tell, yeah, tell me more about your about the uh, your New Year's tradition.
1: My New Year's but,
0: tradition. Your new your new New Year's tradition.
1: Well, I don't have like a New Year's tradition. I mean, I do what this everybody else does, oh, right? Oh. Which is like party and whatnot, but. Um, in December, I got shit faced like a couple of times and I was like, damn, I don't want to like repeat get, that, repeat that. You know, it's horrible, especially at my age. Now it's not the same anymore. <laughs> and so it hits you twice as hard and, and you feel it twice as and much and you next feel minute. it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Your whole body. Um, uh, so my friend Luz from Let There Be Loose, she actually was like, you know what? I'm going to do this morning hike. To the Wisdom Tree, Que No Se Que, very Where's, spiritual, it's in LA, it's uh, right behind um, Universal Studios Hollywood, there's okay. rhymes there
0: Yeah, the Hollywood the Hollywood Lake and stuff, is that is Yeah, you're Yeah, okay.
1: in that area, so she was going to do this hike, and so she got a bunch of uh, listeners and friends to join her on this hike, and I was like, you know what, that sounds f- like fun uh, let, let's let's do that instead, you know, and that's when I knew I was like, OK, so we're not turning to up Diego. tonight. You're not. We're not <laughs> OK, <laughs> you're not trying to turn up anymore. Stay. So I we had dinner. We had an early dinner uh, and we went to bed at eight and then I woke up at four in the morning to go pick up loose and then go meet up with her listeners.
0: How big was the crew? Not, uh, or The whole crowd? We we're about 10 people.
1: OK, that's it was about 10 people. Mm-hmm. But it was pitch black, man. It was like dark. And then we get there, and we had to buy like these um, lights and shit to not get lost, to not so get lost, yeah. or like know where we were stepping. Um, and so, but the moment we got there, we saw a couple more people, and then I was like, "Okay, cool, this is cool. We're, like, not, we're not, weird. not the only ones, we're, yeah. you know." Because I was like, "What if we fall? What if like yeah. shit just started going?" Because so you don't go hike, hike. I, I don't you don't hike. go hiking that that often. <laughs> and so, joy muy fregón. I was like leading the pack. I was like, "I got this. I got this." And then halfway through the hike, I was like, I started feeling nauseous, man. And I was like, oh, this is not... this is not Without and, uh, drinking? As, without drinking and getting rest. And I was like, damn. Um, so then I started letting a couple of the um, of her listeners go along. And then, and then Luz was at the end making sure that everybody was moving up, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, Luz, creo que me quiero vomitar, güey. And she was like, oh, okay, well, just pull right there to the side. I'll give you space, whatever. And I was like, damn. This is how bad, like, how out of shape I am. And so, yeah, I ended up puking, and then I was like, okay, I'm fine. How how long was this hike? It was about, I want to say about an hour, okay. but it wasn't really a hike because you were really just going up the mountain, so it was more of, like, a climb. Okay. Okay. So it was, like, very inclined, like— Steep. It was very steep going up there. ¿Y Entonces, cuenta que ya—we got there, and we see the sunrise, the first sunrise of like 2018 it was actually pretty cool is that cool spiritual yeah it was definitely spiritual because then um she asked us to take something to write with so that we can leave our um our goals and our aspirations for 2018 and and all of this and there's like an actual box uh, at the at the bottom of this wisdom tree where people go and leave like notebooks or their journals or you know different things and um, and so there were a lot of people meditating. There were a lot of people, um, you know, like just doing their thing. And um, and so then we got Olympia. A, a, a Luz gave us Olympia oh, with nice. Sage, and uh, and yeah, it was good. It was good. It was a great way to start the year. I felt so energized, and it was definitely different. I don't know that I would do it again next year, for like New Year's, but I think I would want to do this at least maybe. Every quarter, yeah, just to start yeah. the day, start just, just yeah. cleanse, just cleanse, select the date, and just because it was really, really freaking cool to see the sun come over the mountains, um, and and just see that, and then start hearing all the birds chirping, like see the really world cool. wake up, yeah, like hearing to, and yeah. seeing the world wake up is like completely amazing. I think, yeah, yeah that's fun without sounding too like. <laughs> 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 did you meditate? Did you wish for what did you wish for for este, the New year? Um, well, I just, you know, a couple of things that I wanted uh, to focus on this year is um, being more active and by being more active, like, you know, just going on jogs and and, um, and eating healthier and just trying to take care of myself. Yeah. Um, and I think not drinking as much, not drinking as much. I mean, but then you went to Vegas. But then I went to Vegas <laughs> and this is why I lost my voice. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I don't know. I don't know why every time I drink I always scream. I always scream, even though You're I have one of like those. Yeah, yeah, like. Ah. Um, so, anyways, we were at a club and I was just screaming all the time. And um, I met up with a guy who actually wears my calchonis. Oh, dope! Um, there, he's a go-go dancer. Okay. And so uh, I was like, "Hey, how's it going? Oh my god, it's so great to meet you!" Blah blah blah. And then in that process of meeting people, he was like, "Have you met this guy, so and so?" And then I was like. Oh, my God. Yes, I follow you on Instagram, too. So a lot of the guys oh, at Piranha Nightclub are like social media influencers. Oh, not,
0: for real? Yes. So Damn,
1: so they're like the bartenders and the go-go dancers. They're like social media influencers. Dude, I
0: I, I got kicked out of Piranha once. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. ¿Por qué? ¿Qué hiciste? What I got did your, you do?
0: I got you drunk. It was, we went out there for with a bunch of friends. It was for Christmas. It was around this time, too, because I remember they were all wearing... Uh, the bartenders were wearing like like, I think, like, I want to say, like, the Christmas onesies and stuff, Uh but uh, all I remember is I said something really stupid, and I, I, I've never, like, ever want to say something like this uh, to people again. I had just turned 21, I was young, I was drinking, (laughs) but I got, I got too drunk, I was, like, dancing on the couches, Uh and, like, because they have, like, couches in the lounges and stuff, so I was dancing on the couches, and I was turning up, and then the, the, the bouncer came, and he was, like, you know, he told, he told my girl, he was, like, you have to, to calm down, right? But I was like, hey, everyone's getting lit. Like, what's up? Let's do it. <laughs> and then, and then, like, the bartender cut me off. Oh, so, yeah. yeah, the bartender cut me off. And then, I, and I said something really rude to the bartender. I was like, I was literally like, if you want this tip, you better give my fucking drink or some shit like yeah, that. Something yeah, like yeah. really, really rude. Calm
1: down. I know. Se llama el, el Kardashian?
0: El, el, el esposo de la <laughs> Oh, uh, uh, fuck. Josh?
1: Josh? Scott? Scott, Baffled? Scott. Yeah. You almost put the chip in your mouth, right? <laughs> Remember that time so, in Vegas they did that they, I, I don't, I don't oh, watch it. I try not to. I'm sorry. I try not to
0: consume. Oh, you really you consume? Yeah,
1: that's one thing that I was going to take off my list of things consume, not to do this uh, supporting year. <laughs> so,
0: supporting the Kardashians. Yeah. So, yeah. But I and then after that, like soon... At, after we
1: got kicked out. So, we had oh, to my God, to never
0: been kicked out of a club. That was the first time I've was, been yeah. kicked out many yeah. times. That's what's up. You yeah. didn't get kicked out this year. This I time, didn't get
1: though. I didn't get kicked out. No, I was I was having a great time. I wasn't drunk or anything and I wasn't belligerent. Ni nada but I, I don't know why I felt the need to fucking scream. And the next day, ya no tenía voz. We went to go to the Rosca de Reyes with the guys from Latinos who lunch and uh, Babelito's family. Oh, that's cool. And I had no voice. And then they were like, "Here, how did have you a wait? Drink. Did you get the? Did you get the? the I didn't get a monito this year. I no. didn't get a monito this year.
0: Because otherwise, you're gonna have to invite everyone. You're gonna have to. I know. Yeah, la candelaria. El yeah, de you just do, just host a mojajete that day.
1: I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, so that was that. It was, it was a lot of fun, but, um, but yeah, I definitely recommend people to do the hike. It's really cool, or just do some sort of like where you see either the sunrise. I think it's more impactful to see the sunrise than the sunset. And if you have listeners in New York, I remember once in New York, I saw the sunrise in New York and it was magical because I've always seen the sun go into the ocean, but I've never seen the sun come out of the Uh ocean. And that was like, wow. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Yeah. That was like, wow. That was like a completely different. It's experience. basically
0: at the e- it feels like it's coming out of the edge of the earth.
1: Like it's just it's magical. Wow. Like yeah. Sarah, here I go again. <laughs> no, it's all
0: good. It's all good. It's all good. No, you're right. I've, I've I've seen the sunrise too, but not not like that. I definitely, I I want to do that. We should let, me, let me invite me next time you go. But oh, um, sure. but you know, just the way the way this kind of the way we kind of do this uh, show is we 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 we. we we want to know about you. So, you, you know, if you want to tell me your story, like basically, yes, yes. yeah, everything, every, you know, where, where you're from, where, where you're started, where, where, where are your roots? Because I know that we share this, a last name and I'm Guatemalan and you're Mexican. I know. That, uh, I know. that
1: is amazing. Yeah. That is so awesome.
0: I mean, it also just means that, that the colonizers just arrasaron con pues sí. todo. <laughs>
1: pues si. Sí. They fucking pulled a Thalia and arrasar, yep. arrasaron. Yeah. Arrasaron. Yeah, dude. When I found out that your last name was Aguilar, I was like so stoked. And then I was even more stoked when I found out that you are Guatemalan. And I was like, no, Mames, that's How close? Amazing. Wait, you're
0: from? Wait, where are, you, where are your family from?
1: Um, from Mexico. What part? What part? Uh, so my dad is from the state of Guerrero. Okay. And my mom is from Mexico City. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Is that,
0: how close is that to Guatemala? It's not that close. Okay. Damn. Yeah, it's not that close. This was just...
1: It's like a three-hour flight. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, from Defe to Guatemala, probably. Because uh, Defe is like right in the middle of the right. country. Right. And but so Guerrero Your dad's from Guerrero, Guerrero yeah So Guerrero is about Maybe like a six hour drive From Defe So like a, mm, It's still far from like Guatemala hour. Yeah, yeah, it is. it is Yeah, it's far And you know what is, what's crazy um, So many uh, Like a couple of years ago I decided to backpack through Mexico And I ended up in um, San Cristóbal de las Casas In Chiapas <clears throat> And we had already made a plan To drive to Guatemala Because apparently from San Cristóbal de las Casas To Guatemala It was like a three hour drive and you get to Antigua. And so hmm. it's like, oh, I really want to go. I really want to go to Guatemala. And just when that happened, um, just when we were about to drive, we there was like a hurricane or some some weather thing happening in in, uh, in that region where we were in. So the people that we were staying with were like, look, if you guys don't get out by tonight, the roads are going to, like there's going to be like mudslides and, and You're not who leaving. knows how long it's going to take. So... If you have a flight, because we did have a flight um, to come back to the U.S. In uh, But we're like, we can go two days or three days to Guatemala and then from there, drive back up to the city to catch our flight. So we literally had to leave that night and we caught the beginning of the of the huracan or whatever it was. Yes, they, literally, dude. When we were driving, it was like buckets of water being thrown in the car. That shit, I've, I've it experienced was that before. So you just feel scary. like you're being attacked. Like they're throwing like yes, rocks at the it car. It was so freaking scary. I had never seen it rain like that. Um, and then when the big rigs were driving by, like they would shake your like it was it, it, it was nasty. But that was my one time that I was gonna go to Guatemala and I couldn't. But you're gonna
0: reconnect the roots,
1: perhaps. Uh, yeah, I yeah, I I I would love see. When I was um, when I was eight seventeen, eighteen years old, my parents had the opportunity to send me to Europe uh, on a, on a student exchange program, and so through high school, and I was in London for one month, and I was in Berlin for another month. Oh, cool! And when damn I in there, high school, yeah. And when I was there, I was like, "Wait, esto se parece a la ciudad de Mexico." Both places to me looked exactly like Mexico City, and I was like. Why are people so fascinated with Europe? This looks like Mexico City, you know? And from that point on, I made a promise to myself that I would never travel outside of Mexico until I was done traveling and visiting at least every single state in Mexico. Hmm. And so desde this entonces hasta ahorita. <coughs> I have been to twenty eight states. How many are there? Of the thirty-one, thirty-one six. Wow, oh, you're yeah, almost done. I'm almost done. I'm almost now you can done. go to Europe. Almost. So no, I don't want to go to Europe. <laughs> you know I mean? I want to go back to Europe. <laughs> and if I were to go back to Europe, the only place I would go back to is Berlin because that's the place where I was treated the best. Um, and but I want to, I want to travel más uh, Sur América. So I want to go to Guatemala. I want to go to El Salvador. I want to go to Colombia. Um, I want to go to Peru. So uh, those are the places that I want to go to, that I want to visit. I would much rather go to those places than to go back to Europe. You know what's interesting, though, like
0: that you mentioned that? Because when, the last time I was in Guatemala two years ago, um, like, there were, me, because that's what we did. Like, I hadn't been to Guatemala since I was eight years old, and I'm 20, and I went back at 24, 25, you know? Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So it was, it was a long time, it was 16 years since I went back. And um, so this time around, like, my sister was eight months the last time she went. So my dad, it was me, and my dad, and my sister, and we went out there you know to kind of explore you know kind of reconnect with family too but mostly i, I think a lot of it was also just learn about you know the countries, to explore the country a little more and so oh. we were able to actually go uh, we actually did a lot of the touristy things and so we went to all the like a bunch of touristy spots we were there 10 days but even there we we got into the capital and then we and then we flew out to to las flores which is verticales, you know and we explored the ruins and then we and we just traveled around we just traveled around a lot of touristy spots and uh, Las Flores. If you ever go to Guatemala, you Las need Flores. to go to Las Flores. Where okay. That's where that's where Tikal is. That's where the ruins are. It's like a city. That's it's a basically little town where you when you fly into Tikal, like you you can drive there, but it's gonna take forever. Like if you fly to Guatemala, it's a nine-hour drive to where the ruins are. Oh
1: wow! So if you
0: yeah, so if you the best thing to do is catch a flight like a charter uh, flight because uh-huh. it, it costs like sixty bucks to get okay. the to get to Las Flores and you save nine out nine ten hours. And so you fly. There's a small airport in Las Flores, and uh, it's this. There's a little island. There's a little like uh, you know. You drive out of the airport, and there's a little, little island. A little bridge that crosses into this island of like a couple different hotels, and it's all like very typical. Very like small bars, small restaurants. That's very, so cool. very 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 te- it Imagine the way I could describe it is, Placito Albera like. Uh-huh in on a little island. That's, that's how so I, that's though. how that's the best way to describe it. That's the best way to describe it. And uh and you can and then you can canoe out to like uh, there's like a museum, like a like a like a history museum out there uh-huh. that you can canoe out to. And it's really cool, but like in that island it's also very touristy. So cuz there's like a Ramada hotels like a resort and stuff and like everyone at night when we got there um it was like it was like turned up, dude. Like there was that's people so cool. there was people drunk on the streets and it was all like like uh, light-skinned people, you know, and I was uh-huh. like, "Why, why are all these white people here?" You know, and then I started listening to accents, started talking to people, and I discovered that most of the people were from Europe. Like, so a lot of the people that come out to Guatemala and stuff that want to explore uh-huh. that that those those areas are European, are fr- are European or yeah. from Australia, from New Zealand and stuff. It's not even like America because we don't we don't really like we rather we'd rather go to Europe. You know, yeah, we'd rather go explore that shit. I feel like, like it
1: just depends on what you're looking for, right? Because, I mean, I would never. Like, for example, when I go to Mexico City or, or whatnot, I would not expect to see, like, you know, este comida hecha a, a fuego, you know, and, and anything like that, right? Because it's a huge city. Um, but what you're describing just sounds so, like, chill. And so, like, that's, like, the kind of thing that I like to do. And when I go to Mexico, I love to drive in Mexico because I love to go puebliendo. I love to stop in every little town and see and ask, like, OK, what are you guys known for? And if it's the food, then all right, where can I get the best of whatever you're selling? And, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. I love to do that kind of stuff. Yeah.
0: Do you have family a lot did you, or you just didn't? Where, All of where? my family is in Mexico. And you're, wait, you were born in Mexico, right? I was born in Mexico, yeah. Okay. yeah where, was, where, in Mexico City?
1: In Mexico City, yeah. I was born in, Me- in Mexico City. And uh, I my my family um, uh, immigrated here a day before the 1985 earthquake. And so uh, I just actually recently did an episode on Nos Vemos en el Suadme about this because the terremoto happened on the exact same date as the one in, in 1985 and 30 years later, 30 years, like craziness. And, um, so it, it was very surreal because my family, when my mom and dad got here, it was my mom, dad, and myself. And then they found out through the news and then they couldn't connect with their family. It took them like three weeks to connect with them or something like that. And because they would call and the phone lines were dead. And then finally my aunt, uh, my mom's sister, had a friend who worked as a stewardess in Ido Mexico or something like that. And she was like, can you take this letter to um, our sister in Los Angeles? And so this girl, my, my, my mom's sister's friend, was kind enough to take this letter, find the address of where we were living, and take it. And that's how my mom found out like three weeks later that, it was that okay. the family was okay. Isn't that crazy? That is nuts that's, because that's... the moment I heard that this earthquake had happened— my first reaction was to call my grandmother, and of course the lines were going through. And then my next reaction was Facebook. And I instant messaged my cousin and she was like, Yeah, she's fine. We're fine. Everybody's fine. Blah 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 blah. And then I called my mom and my mom was like freaking out. By then it had like an hour had passed by before we all of us knew that they were fine. And I was like, Que pincha angustia. Like how worried. Like this worry of like not being able to do anything because you're not able to connect. Now that was just an hour. Oh, yeah.
0: And you were freaking out. And, and you did you couldn't out. call, you had to you had to yeah. you had to figure out you had to wait for that message to be read. Yeah,
1: exactly. And then um I could not believe that like it took three weeks for my mom to find out that her family was fine. Damn,
0: and your mom's like, it's the first, it's the first, like, it's the first, I'm assuming it's the first time they come, they're out here yeah. by themselves. They don't know, what the?
1: F- they don't know anything. And yeah, it was just, it was horrible. I can't, I can't even imagine. I can't, I can't imagine to, to be in that situation where you don't know anything about your family. I mean, you freak out now, you know, it's one hour and you don't hear from them. And can you imagine not knowing like three freaking weeks?
0: That's nuts. And uh, did you go back?
1: Um,
0: like this, this this when after the her- earthquake?
1: Uh, no, well, um, we we established ourselves here and then uh, I think we didn't go back until I was 10, um, because I did my first communion. And then coming back from doing our first communion because we came here, my dad came here illegally. And six months later, my mom was like, I need to go and be with my husband. So my grandfather worked for Pemex Petroleos Mexicanos. Mm. And so he had a good position where he was at good enough where they were able to fake documents. And one of those documents that they were able to fake is that my mom had a high position and that she was getting paid a lot of money. So my grandfather um, transferred all of the money that he had in his account and all of their um, real estate to my mom's name so that when in, they in went, mexico in mexico so that when they went to go to the u.s embassy that they can prove that they had roots in the united they had roots in mexico and there was no need for them to stay in the united states and so that's how my mom and i got our, our visa to travel but my mom got it as a, a single mom because otherwise it would require my dad to be there and and, and, and or a letter or something so my mom got um, a visa for her and for me, a tourist visa, and that's how we were able to come to the U.S. Um, that's the a trip. Time.
0: You had to fa- you had to cheat the system. <laughs> yeah. You basically had to say, "Hey, listen, we yeah. we don't we don't need we to. don't need you. We don't just, need it. We just want to go vacation. visit. We just want to yeah. go visit, but we'll be back." Yeah,
1: exactly. But I mean, my my family was lucky enough that they had that. I mean, people don't really typically have that. You know, the kind of money and the connections with, the, with a, uh, a government uh, company or job or whatever. People don't have that, don't always have that. So we were lucky. And so, but we stayed here for about five years. Um, and then I went to go do my first communion. And when we came back, we had, lo- I think we had lost our flight or something. And we ended up getting to Tijuana super late. And my dad was like, I don't want to put you in a hotel because the hotels are kind of, you know, they're, they're not that secure. Let's just cross let's just cross. My brother was, by then we had my brother. Well, my mom had my brother and he was sleeping. So my brother also had a a tourist visa. And so when we cross the officer asks my dad, who are they? And my dad says, that's my cousin and her kids. They're just coming to visit. By then my dad already had his residency because he had his residency through, um, the uh, The field worker Like mm. what was that The, the union The am- amnesty mm-hmm. Oh from
0: Yeah in like 1980s yeah. yeah So
1: he had his 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 residency And so at that point My brother wakes up And he starts crying And he Calls out to my dad And says Dad He says Papa Papa And so the officer was like Okay I need you to tell me the truth We're gonna send you to the second Revision Or, or not revision But the second like checkpoint And Uh And then we went into an office and we got there at like 12. They didn't let us go until like 6 in the morning. And they kept on telling, drilling my dad. And they're like, you know, we know what's going on. We need you guys to tell the truth. We're going to cancel their visas. But if you want to continue to have your residency, we need you to tell us the truth. So my dad told them the truth and said, yes, they're my family. They live here now, blah, blah, blah. So they're like, okay, we're going to cancel their visa. And they're going to go back. And we're going to let you go. So they didn't do anything to my dad, but they canceled my mom, my mine and my brother's visa. Damn. How
0: pissed or your brother? (laughs) I know. Right. So joke about that.
1: Sometimes, sometimes we do, (laughs) Uh, especially when we're crossing. We're like, shut up. Don't say anything. (laughs) We always tell them, shut up. Don't say anything. Um, But um, so then that was the first time we had to cross. uh, Illegally into the United States. So my brother and I, uh, cross with the papers of somebody else. I remember that my la- my first and last name was Gabriel, and my last name. Well, I'm not going to say my last name, but uh, but I crossed with this lady, and and we faked it that she was our mom, and th- with uh, birth certificates. That was it. And since we knew English, it was easier. Okay. And okay, then, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And then my mom, she had to cross through the desert um, for the first time. And so that's how we came, and then ten years later, we were able to finally. My dad became a U.S. citizen, and he was able to fix our papers, and that lasted about 10, 15 years. Um, no, like ten. I, th- I want to say like ten, and so yeah, we were able to get a residency, man.
0: You were you you were going to school already and stuff. Yeah, I was going to school in Santa Ana all the whole time. Santa
1: Ana. Yep, yeah, all the time in Santana. Ana. Yeah, I mean it's it's nuts, but I think that that's one of the biggest reasons why. So my brother was actually born in Mexico because somebody told somebody told my mom that if she were to have her kid here in the United States because she didn't have the legal U.S. residency, that that the government would take her child away. So my mom had to go back to Mexico to just just to have my my brother. And I remember going to preschool in Mexico when that happened. And then she fixed his papers to come back to the U.S. as a as a as a um, tourist. And I think that that's the biggest reason why I like to help people because I mean, you not sharing certain information with somebody can change the course of someone's life so dramatically. Right. And it's, and and what's wrong with just helping each other and giving each other a hand. And so when I think of these projects that I get involved in now, which, by the way, you get involved in a lot of shit. <laughs> but go on, sorry. So, so yeah, so that's what I do when I when I think about these projects that I want to be involved in. So, like, for example, um, Molcajete Dominguero. Molcajete Dominguero started about eight, nine months ago. And I started vending at different events. And I started seeing that... What were you vending? I was vending at, like, Art Walks and uh, Placita Alvera for Dia de los Muertos. No, but I'm saying, what were you vending? Ah, what was I vending? I was vending um, hats that had embroidered pieces that came from Oaxaca. Oh, okay. And so I was like, you know, I was selling them online and they were doing great. And then I was like, I want to take them out to the street and see what people's reaction reactions are. And then I started noticing that like, this is the marketing in me. Um, I, I noticed that uh, there was a lot of cool vendors and that everybody had to wait kind of till Dia de los Muertos for people to, to see everything in one place, right? And so next to me, there was this other vendor. Her name is Gladys from G Soto Designs. And I was like, we started talking, we had a great conversation. And then I asked, is there a, another space where it's just Latino vendors that happens maybe on a weekly, monthly basis? And she's like, no, there's nothing like that. The only things that happen on a monthly basis are the art walks, like the Xtale art walk, Montevideo, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, OK, cool. And then that was that. And then I started thinking about it more because a lot of people were coming out looking at all of these vendors that otherwise they would have never seen. Right. Because they were all gathered for this Dia de los Muertos event. <coughs> and I was like, wouldn't it be great if we created our own monthly events? And she was like, Oh my God, that would be so awesome. She's like, that's awesome. I'm like, yeah, I think, it, I think we need it, especially here in LA. How come there isn't a space like this in Los Angeles where the majority of the people here are Latino and, um, but there are other events for the gringos. How come there isn't something for us? There's enough of us here. And then she took my word and she kept on DMing me. And she's like, hey, when are we going to do this? Let's meet. Let's meet. Let's meet. And then I was like, fuck. She held
0: you accountable. You're like, okay, yeah, I'm in I now. I'm like, yeah,
1: me in man. Para <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? Because at, at the time I had a job and I was doing a podcast as well, Tamarindo Podcast. And I was, I traveled a lot for work and I was like, when the hell am I going to do this? And then I thought, okay, this girl probably thinks it's easy to do this. Um, and let me give her some tasks of like what it takes to do this. And if she does it, then okay. I know she's if serious. If she doesn't, then I'm like, okay, you see, it's not that easy. Right. So I was like, I need you to help me with this, 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 and that. A week passed by and she fucking met every single thing. Damn. She was like here's this, here's the information for this, here are three quotes, here is this, here is that, and I was like shit, this girl is like for real. So then I was like okay we gotta think of a name and she kept on, th- on saying names like Art Walk or you know names that were similar to what was already out there and I was like no. No puede ser eso. It has to be something completely new. It has to be new. something completely different and I had the idea of a Molcajete because A molcajete, when you make a salsa, you grind, right? There's elbow grease in there. Like, you do something. And so I was like, I love the word molcajete. I love molcajetes to begin with, period.
0: Huh. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Because when I saw molcajete, when I thought molcajete, I pictured like my meat my 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 carnazaada uh-huh. and my camarones, and my you know all my pollo and like all the sauces and I was like yeah, oh food. it makes sense it's like a medley of food. like food like yeah. everything's all in mixed together yeah okay. because
1: i think it's been very popularized here in the states where you go to a restaurant and you can order a molcajete yeah that has like all stuff yeah. or whatever yeah i never thought about the grind
0: thing though i never thought about that so that's
1: what i thought about and uh, and then i was like okay but we can't just call it molcajete because People are gonna think exactly what you just said. It's food. It's food, and we're not food. At least not yet. And and then I was like, okay, what if we do a play on words and instead of calling it mall, cajete M O L, we call it Mall, M-A-L-L Kajete. Ah. So it's like now people are thinking, a oh, mall. The cajete, shopping. Mall. Like the shopping, right? Yeah. She didn't like that. And I was like, okay, um, we're we're gonna have it on Sundays. And she was like, why don't we have it on Saturdays? I was like, Saturdays, people get ready to go to the bautizo, to the quinceanera, to the clubs, to whatever. That's when they, that's when they take care of themselves. And then they go to church. You know, I mean, no, they don't go to church. They, they, they do their, like, family thing. And on Sundays, they go to church. And after church, they go eat. So why don't we take advantage of that, 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 that time. time? And let's have it on the third Sunday of every month because that's when people get their second pay- paycheck of the month that usually is for, like, miscellaneous things.
0: Dude, you're a marketing genius, like and so, straight up. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and so I was like, okay, cool. Let's call it Molcajete Dominguero. And so that people don't get confused, let's have the tagline where vendors grind together. And se quedo. And she's like, okay, cool. Let me put together something. And then I was like, no, 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 no. We need to come up with a logo. Before we do anything, we need to come up with a logo. We cannot just put like in letters. No, it needs to have a logo. It needs to. We need to create an identity for this. So I reached out to a couple of graphics designers, and one of them was like, "Okay, yeah, I can help you," and that's who created the logo. And um, then we started promoting it, and we went from 25 vendors to now over 75 vendors, from 500 people on the first event to over now 5,000 people in every event. And the idea of Mokahete Lamigeto is to help the vendors out, so. We know that in order for you to get the cheapest price on something, you need to order hundreds of pieces. So we are now working with vendors that will allow us to order 10 pieces, but then you have 75 vendors that can potentially order from you, right? So that we can meet that price. And we have people that do stickers, mugs, um, hats, T-shirts, the whole thing that we've related to our vendors. And every time Mm. we find something new, like for example, the mailers, a lot of people ship things in like these envelopes. Well, I found a place that they're for like 15 cents for like um, foil uh, mailers, like the ones that sh- have a shine to them. Yeah, leave. we pass that information to our. Vendors. Oh, that's the one you
0: gave me. You when you, when the first day I met you, you gave me yeah. the, the the stickers for yeah. so for those swap meet.
1: About the same price as just a regular white mailer envelope. Huh. So we give this information to the vendors and now vendors are starting to come to us to ask us questions. So about, you're providing the resources, yes. not, only,
0: you're not, in, not only are you providing the space, but now you're providing a resource for them to execute their business right. tasks. And, and, and so
1: what we told, um, what I said to Gladys, I was like, okay, once I knew that she was on it, I was like, all right, Gladys, we're going to do this under two conditions. The first one is if somebody comes, if, if, if a vendor comes and asks to be a part of this event and they sell the exact same thing we sell, we let them in. And she was like, but they're going to be our competitors. Yeah, but at that point, it's up to you and it's up to me to up our game. Who's going to grind harder. And better our customer service. Okay? And second, we will not promote ourselves any more than we will promote anybody else. So we need to get in line to get promoted as well. And she was like, okay. And I think that that's what has helped Molcajeto Miguero grow to where it's at now, where even vendors say, like... um, you know, my, my vendor next to me was so cool, and now we're doing a giveaway together. And, you know, this is helping our numbers grow and, and yada, yada.
0: And are you seeing the same people come back? Yes. Frequently? I would say
1: that about 60% of the vendors come back, are always coming back. They're the same vendors. Because they've seen that their products do sell. They're seeing that uh, that their investment is worth it.
0: Why do you think there wasn't a, a space like this before? Do you think it's just because no one had stepped up and done it, or do you-
1: I, I don't know why there wasn't a space like this before. I think that there were, but um, there were to a smaller scale. And I think that the reason why ours is growing is because we're treating it as we're not a nonprofit. Okay, we're not a nonprofit. Um, we we are going to start making money, which we're very very thankful. Um, but we're treating it as a hub right? So when you think about all these events, when you think about, for ejemplo, Tropicalia that just happened, when you think about El Festival, when you think of... Tropicalia was the area. festival, right? The yeah, music, fe- the music, the music festival. festival in Long Beach? Yeah. Okay. It, it, it's a hub, right, where you bring the Latinidad into one space and you feel proud and you feel engaged and you feel like you're being targeted versus I'm going to go to an event, the gringos do a pop-up, and I'm going to see one person and it's selling. going to be the one little space. Yeah. Right. Right. But
0: that's not, that's not what the audience is. That's not what the, everyone is there for. Exactly. So it's just a louder.
1: Yeah. A louder noise. It's, it's a louder, it's a, it's a bigger, it's a, it's a place where you can come. And what we've seen is a lot of millennials bring their parents. A lot of people have compared to a modern day swap meet and there is nothing wrong with comparing it to a modern day swap meet. Um, because we as millennials grew up going to the SWAT meets with our parents. And now this is like a representation of that. And we're bringing our parents to see like, mira, todo lo que venden. Yeah.
0: And it's more culture. It's more, it feels more acculturated too. Yeah. When I, I remember when I went... Uh, which was the same day at Post Casterio. Uh-huh. Um, I just saw the first row, that first little space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, okay, cool. you know. And then I went out and then I was like, okay, I'm going to go, where's the food? And then somebody was like, oh the, food? oh, the food's back there. I didn't even know there was food. Uh-huh. Somebody said, the food's back there. And I said, okay, well, okay, cool. And so I started walking down the trail and then I realized, holy shit, this is huge. Like It yeah. was a big-ass space. How many vendors did you have?
1: We had uh, 75 vendors.
0: 75 vendors, yeah. damn. Okay. Yeah, 75 vendors. Still, and they're still, okay, that's and great. it's
1: still growing. We still have waiting lists every month. Um, but what we do is we allow the vendors who participated on the month before, we allow them to pay for their space. And then if there's vendors that don't come back, then we leave those spaces open to anybody else who wants to come in.
0: Do you still have a space? Or now are you just more the coordinator, you know, overseer? Um, or I, I did
1: have a space, uh, but I feel like I need to focus more on the event, so I won't be selling anymore at Molcajete Dominguero, um, at least for a while now, uh, because I, we need to focus more on the event. So...
0: So, so yeah. you did mention Calchones earlier, so uh-huh. I want you to just talk a little bit about ah, that just sí, because pero... you mentioned it earlier. So, I mean, I'll talk about it in the intro <laughs> too, but, but, but go. But
1: yeah, you're... so Calchonis is one of those brands that I'm working on right now. Um, and, and just because a lot of people ask me, like, dude, the, the, why are you working with so many things? Like I have Globitos, Mercado LA, Calchonis, uh, Molcajete, Podcasterio, blah, 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 blah. And so um, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I'm, I'm, I'm just doing it for fun. Well, some of it is that, but I'm hoping that one of these things picks up and makes me money. Right. Because nobody's going to work on something without the hopes of ever becoming rich. Of course, there there needs to be some. So I'm not going to lie about that. I'm hoping that one of these, como dice mi papá, que uno de estos sea chicle y pegue. And, uh, And so I'm hoping that one of these things that I'm working on does that for me. I also have La Jota app, which is a, a, an app for iPhones geared towards the queer community. It has queer the, stickers. The emojis. The, oh, yeah, the, emojis, the stickers, yeah. yeah. Well, we I got, a couple, I got a couple
0: ideas for you, too, for that. Oh, awesome, yeah.
1: awesome. So, um, but Calchonis, um, one day going to Las Vegas to visit our friends, the Latinos Who Lunch, my partner and I stopped at, um, at Prim Valley at the outlets. And so he wanted to buy a pair of underwear that was $35, and that was already at a discount. And I was like, Fernando, no mames, that's a lot of money, dude. Like $35 can get you like six freaking pairs at Marshalls or Ross or TJ Maxx. And he was like, yeah, but look at the quality and the colors are so cool. And blah, blah, the blah. design's really cool. Yeah. And then I was like, okay. Si tenemos el dinero para comprar ese pinche par de calzones. But I told him, but this brand is not targeting you. This brand is not targeting you, Fernando. This brand is not targeting Latinos. This brand is not targeting, is not targeting people with a cuerpo like yours this brand is targeting whoever they have on the picture of their packet. And so you want to give them your money, your hard earned money when you know that they're not targeting you. I would rather that I would rather buy that brand at a discounted price because at least I know that they're not getting my full money. And he was like, okay, okay. And then he was like, well, what would make you spend $35 on a pair of underwear? I'm like, primero that I knew that they were targeting me. If I knew they were targeting me, and my body type, then I would spend the money because I know that they're making an effort. And so we were driving home and I was like, can you look up to see if there are any Latino inspired print underwear out there? And he was like, OK. And he looked and he looked and he looked. And the only things we could find were, of course, your hard shell tacos, which are not even fucking Latino. Not real. That's not real. That's Taco Bell. The stereotypical piñata uh, chiles. And I think we found a, um, a, gui- a guitarra and they weren't really targeting us e- either way. They just wanted to slap that on a piece of calzon. So I started researching and researching and I was like, what if I could print these calzones? You know, what if I could print, uh, calzones that were gu- uh, targeting my queer community by the queer community and of all shapes and sizes right and so i started researching i started researching that research took like two months and then finally i was able to find a production company in buena park that would make these for me they're not printed on cotton they're sublimated the quality of the fabric is so great it's so breathable I was able to get a designer to put together like a design of, of underwear. I was able to get somebody else to um, digitize this. And I didn't know anything about the underwear comp- industry world, whatever. Nada. I just researched it. And then finally I met with the company and I, and I was like, all right, what are your minimum quantities to order, blah, blah, blah. And they were like, well, our minimum quantities are a thousand pieces. And I was like, holy shit, I cannot afford to buy a thousand pieces. But then I told them the, the idea behind this. And I told them, I was like, I have three designs already. This is what I need, blah, blah, blah. Dude, this company was nice enough to believe in this project that they were like, okay, we're going to cut down the minimum from 1,000 to 300 pieces. And you're going to be able to order three, four different styles. And any sizes. And I was like, oh, my God, thank you so much. Were they Latino? They weren't. They're not? Okay. They're Asian. Oh, Wow. And, uh, and I was like, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you very much. So the other thing, they were like, you need to see what sizes you want to run up to. Most underwear companies that do similar things like you only run up to large. So it's small, medium, and large. And I was like, oh, that's fucked up. I don't even think I'm a large. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so Squeeze in. I know. So then I was like, okay. And then I started researching. And then the other thing that I noticed is that the companies that do offer extra large and double XL, those calzones are worth more. They're more expensive than the small through large. I was like, that is super fucked up. Mm -hmm. You know? And so I was like, all right, I'm going to run up to 2XL, at least for now. And the cost is going to be the same across the board. I know that I'm making less money on the 2XL. But... I would never want to shame anybody and be like, ah, bitch, you're fucking fat. That's what you get. Or this is what you get. Yours is five fucking dollars more. That's really messed up. Yeah, that is. Yeah. You know, like, I, I didn't know that. Dude, I can't even imagine like going to a store and be like, ah, you're a fucking extra large. So yours is more because there's more fabric in there. Like, can you imagine that? So, so I started doing that and then I was like, okay, what's going to be the name? And, uh, and I thought, okay, me growing up, my mom would always say chones, chones, chones. Ponte sus choninos, chones, chones, chones. So it's like, okay, I want to call it chones. But then I was like, chones. Th- I don't think that relates to calzones very well if you're not Latino, you know, or if you're not like, if you're like third, fourth generation. Like, it doesn't make, like, if, to me, it didn't make sense. And then I was like, okay, well, we're in California. Why don't, we, let me call it Cal Chones. And then that now sounds like calzones. So it's calchones. Okay, perfect. Yeah. And so that's wh- that's the name. And um, and hold so oh, I started... Hold on. I'm just yeah. going
0: to my charger real quick. But I'm listening.
1: Go for it. All right. This coffee is so good.
0: Is it? Okay, cool. Good, Good. All and, right. Um, Sweet. Thank you. Sorry about that. That's okay.
1: And then, so that's how it started, man. And then I was like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know anything about this. I started sending some to some friends. And they're like, dude, these are great. They're breathable. And then I started noticing that... So what I did is I bought three pairs of underwear when I got my first samples and they were from like the most popular subscription underwear box. And then there were, there were another one from another like super kind of cool hipster brand. And I was like, I'm going to start wearing these at the same time because I want to see the quality. I want to see how they last. I want to see they stretch or what, right? So after a month of wearing them, the, the most popular subscription box for underwear faded. The second one, I could start seeing the ilitos coming out. And mine were intact and the color was still vibrant. And I was like, holy shit, that's awesome. So apparently, because of the way it's sublimated, it doesn't lose color. I mean, it's not going to last 10 years, right. right? But it doesn't lose color. And the calchones that I started off with, my test, my testers, I always put them against, like, the new ones that I'm printing when I'm restocking. They still look the same. They still look the same. So I was like, oh, my God, that's really cool because now I can push that too, push that messaging. And so I've been able to push that. And um, so I started selling them at Molcajete Dominguero and people like them, even, like, the heterosexual community loves them. Right? I, like, I like a lot of your designs. Dude, it are it, it, for... They're for everyone. If you like them and you're heterosexual, you do you, but I'm not going to target you. My designs are not focused around the heterosexual community. My designs are focused around the queer Latino community. That's who my designs are for. Women have started to ask for calzones. I don't want to do women's design because I don't know how women's underwear fits or should fit or whatever. I know that I could probably ask somebody, but that's more money. And the product that I'm putting out there is product that I f- love and f- how it feels on me. So that's basically Calchonis. We we just launched. Uh, we're just launching our next design, which is uh, paletas de sandía. Oh. And uh, and that design is done by um, Native Decay, uh, who's helped me with that. And we're also always looking for designers who want to collaborate. I don't have the money to pay a ton of money. But with some of the designers that I've worked with, I'm like, look, I'll pay you X amount of dollars for every pair sold if you're interested in promoting your, um, your work, your design, and we will tag you. And so some of the designers that I've worked with have gotten more business because people have seen their work on my Calchonis and they're interested in working with them. So I think it's a win-win situation. As soon as I, as, as, if and when Calchonis picks up, of course, I'm going to hire a designer. I'm not always going to work like that. But that's all that I can afford to offer at this moment. And I'm not making money off of this. As a matter of fact, I'm investing more than I thought I would. But <laughs> my only experience in this industry, in this garment industry, is watching fucking Project Runway and hearing Tim Gunn fucking make it work. And and that's it. And also the movies that I've seen about these... Um, uh, disposable fashions right that we're not going to mention stores but everybody shops there and so that that's why for me it was important to be able to produce those pieces here because i know that i can get them produced in china for like two three dollars a piece right here it costs me about 15 to 16 dollars to produce each pair uh right now but exactly right now but i also love the fact that it's made here in the u.s you know i i like that i like that and the people who are sewing them—they're not Latinos; they're Asian, and they're amazing. I've met with these women. I I go and and I meet with them all the time, and and I'll bring them donuts sometimes, or you know, from time to time. And I at least know that they're that they're here in these in the states. So
0: is a subscription yet? No, not yet,
1: because um it's expensive to produce these calzones, and so my I, I think that a subscription works if you have a lot of skews and if you're able to send at least every other week and so if i were to send every other week you'd have all of our collection in less than two months
0: i don't know what what, what makes you think about this stuff dude like like well how do you find these like holes these niches like, these little spaces where the that where you think that there might be a demand like how do,
1: so i feel that like um the reason why i've come up with some of these uh, products is because they're not out there and if I if I feel that I am looking for them, there has to be somebody else that's looking for them, you know. And it's crazy because cuando in Morcachete Dominguero you'll see like the heterosexual community and they'll be like, oh, see, sí, dame uno, because they're twenty two dollars a piece. They're like, oh, that's expensive, or you know, but they're like, okay, sí, dame uno. But then when I see my queer community coming to the table, they'll be like, one of each, no questions asked, and I'm like, those are for me. I appreciate that. Exactly. They get it. We get it. You know, so. And you're coming
0: from an authentic place yeah, too. From- yeah.
1: I mean, uh, yeah, as authentic as possible because yeah, I want to, I want to stick to the Latinidad, but I also want to stick to the queer queerness. Like one of our pair of underwear is son luchadores. And I wanted to demasculinize the luchadores because they're so masculine. It's a very masculine figure. And so my luchadores, their tights are hot pink their, um, mascaras are teal. They're very like what somebody would identify as Feminate. feminine. Right. Um, but that's how I come up with these things. If I see that there's a need for it in, in, in the market, then I'm like, okay, is it worth pursuing? So for example, globitos are globitos. Um, when 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 I when we started, and I say we because I started the idea, and then my friend called me, and she's like, Luis, I'm, I'm thinking about starting a business. Can you hear me out? And I was like, yeah, sure. She gave me all her ideas and everything she wanted to do. And I was like, okay, this is what I would do. And this is a great idea. And then I was like, hey, since I have you on the phone, I'm thinking about starting something. Do you mind listening to it? And she's like, no. And I explained Globitos. I explained to her that I was trying to find a globo that said something in Spanish other than Feliz Cumpleaños. And that was funny so that I can give to a coworker who is like fourth generation Latina, but doesn't speak Spanish. And I couldn't find anything that was funny. Anything that was remotely funny. And then I was like, oh my God, she loves conchas. So there has to be a balloon with conchas on there, out there somewhere. I looked online, no balloons with conchas. The pan dulce. And then I called my friends in Mexico and I was like, wait, no mames. Ayúdame a encontrar globos que tengan conchas. And he, he was like, conchas de mar? No way. Conchas, pan dulce. <laughs> He's like, okay, sí, chido, va, blah, blah. I called my friends in Mexico, in la Ciudad de México, my friends in uh, San Cristóbal de las Casas, and also in Puebla. <clears throat> and pasaron dos semanas and nobody can find them. They're like, dude, they don't exist. Excuse me. And I was like, really? They don't exist? This makes no sense. And so then my friend called me and I was like, dude, tengo una idea for, excuse me, tengo una idea for a a balloon. And what do you think? And she's like, dude, for sure there's gotta be concha balloons out there. Somebody has to have these. And I was like, órale, buscalas, güey. And so she came back two weeks later. She's like, I couldn't find them. Let's do it. Excuse me, I wanna be a business partner. And I was like, okay. So we researched and we did it those balloons went viral and we sold so many of them. So now we have like four different designs. excuse me. Sorry, no, you're good. we have like you're four good. different designs. So we have the conchas, we have our Taquero Mucho balloon. We have our Chingona balloon. And then we also have our Frida
0: balloon. That one's hilarious. I love that one. I yeah. have that one.
1: So we have those. And so Me Too picked them up and they went viral and we've been selling them. Yeah. And we also had our, our limited edition anything for Salinas Balloon.
0: And that's another thing, dude. Like a lot of people, I'm sure that you weren't the first person to say, ah, oh, there should be a Concha Balloon. But you were the first person to say, you know what? Fuck it. There's not a Concha Balloon. Let's make it. You know, just like, hey, man, there isn't a, there isn't a space for vendors. Let's just do it.
1: Where does that come from? Where does that come from? Is that, where does that come from? I think that comes from um,
0: do do you call yourself an entrepreneur?
1: um, I would probably call myself a wannabe entrepreneur because I do want to be an entrepreneur Um, because I do want to be an entrepreneur. I don't think I am an, excuse me, an entrepreneur now. um, But I want to get to that point. I want to be able to get to the point where a business is successful. And that I'm able to help other businesses, you know, I want to help people out and I want to give them the resources that I have available and also guide them and tell them it's this is what you need to do. But throughout my whole life, I've always thought I'd rather fail at something than to think what if I hate the what if feeling. I think that if you have a I think that if you have a what if feeling, you've failed. You failed yourself. I would much rather fall I would much rather fall flat on my face and get up and try it again than to not know what it would have been. There's pl- there's been plenty of times where I've failed in, in businesses, in businesses that I've tried, and it's fine. I've gone, uh, I filed for bankruptcy once and I filed for bankruptcy with over $100,000. Excuse me, with over $100,000. And I don't feel ashamed of saying that because guess what? This country gives you that opportunity, right? And so if we, if my parents really did come to this country to offer us a better opportunity at life, that's one of the opportunities that this country gives us. So again, I would much rather fail then to not know if this idea would have been a great idea if this idea would have been something that would have created money for me and i think that for us in the latino community we're always many of the times we're always scared of failing it's very, I, th- I think that's very common you know yeah. like people that want to start a podcast what if nobody listens to me <laughs> what if nobody listens to me well who gives a fuck just be your authentic self, and I think that Oprah said this very, very well. And that's what stuck the most to me from her speech for the gold, from the Golden Glows. She said something that, uh, to the extent of, your truth is the most powerful thing we have. That's why, to me, when I get asked, come out and and um, and talk to people or whatever, I always tell them the truth. Like I didn't go to school for business. I don't know the first thing about business. um I don't even have a degree i whenever I start a business, I don't have that much money. I just become resourceful, and that's all I can do. so I think that those are things that people may see as an obstacle but if you if you have like just just think about it how can you start this business without really investing too much money and in, investing too much money into it and that's it but the most important thing is to me is don't worry about failing because you failing at one thing is going to give you the necessary tools to not fail at the next
0: i like this idea of speaking i mean of, of being your your truth your true self because you know, that's probably the biggest thing that stood out to me at Podcast Studio Fest, mm-hmm. you know, is that, you know, I didn't get a chance to, because I was working the event, but I didn't get, I was at the door, so I didn't get a chance to listen to all the, mm-hmm. all the panels completely. But the one thing that really stu- stood out to me, and like I've told, that's when people ask me, what did you What did you get from it? Is I'm like, this idea of being your truest self, you know, and I feel like, that, I feel like that's what, if anything, I feel like that's probably what, what resonated with me the most, and it seemed like when I was watching, because when I was I was sitting there, I was watching the that panel. Like that's what people, a lot of people were like, they nodded about. They were like, yeah, you got to be your truth. There was a moment where you said, I remember you said that that um, even speak Spanglish, you know, speak Spanglish. So you, even if that's how, if that's how you talk, let that let that right. let that voice be, you know, and and you know, if you can, if you could talk a little bit about you know that and and what the inspiration for podcast studio was. Because that's, that's another one of those things that you just, we needed it. And you, yeah. and, hey, we need something. Hey, oh, tell Luis. He got it. Luis got it.
1: Well, first of all, I have to say muchísimas gracias because you helped out tremendously. And one of the things that I loved about you is reaching out to us and seeing how you could be a part of Podcast Stereo Fest. And unfortunately, when you reached out, we had already scheduled everybody. Everything was set. And as I mentioned before, it only took us five weeks to get this off the ground. But the thing that I love the most about you was the fact that you were very quick to say, offer, is there anything that I can help you guys with? And that, I think, is a sign of wanting to help, clearly. Wanting to not really think, not, not thinking that you're worth more or less than anybody else, because by you wanting to help out and like in whatever that showed me that you were down, that you were genuine and that you really just wanted to help out. And so I love that. I love that. And, And that's a big piece of advice that I would give anybody, regardless of who you are, where you're at in life or whatever. There isn't a job too big or too small. You know, and that should be your motto because you never know what doors can open when that happens. Right. I volunteer. I mean, I go out and and put up the trash bins and t- dump the trash. And like, even though we have porters, you know, like because I feel that that really shows great character and I really appreciated that from you. So I have to say thank you so much for helping out because you really did help out tremendously
0: that day no problem man I, I i appreciate you like i said like i appreciate you allowing me uh the opportunity to share space with you guys all you guys because mm-hmm. i had a great time even if i was just working there, i had I'd fucking, awesome. i no, had a great pues time gracias. Was, gracias. we really awesome. appreciate it
1: mm-hmm. and Podcasterio began because um we saw that there were other podcasting festivals and expos but none of them featured any latino podcasters and I think that in twenty seventeen twenty sixteen twenty seventeen that's when we started seeing a uprise of like people of latinos latinx um podcasts right and I thought that was great, and I think we all kind of were on the same wavelength and obviously it how it i think a big launch was you know yeah. now president right right, right. that we was wanted def- to speak our voices and 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 have us be heard so um there were many podcasts that just launched and, and whatnot during 2017. And so we thought, why isn't why aren't we getting invited to some of these things? <clears throat> so we were like, you know what? We should create our own. We should fucking create our own platform. Let's not wait. We're tired of waiting. Let's just do it. And so Latinos Who Lunch said, it would be awesome if we could have a table at Molcajete Dominguero since it already has a big platform. And this will help promote... Um, Us as a podcast And also our our hashtag Who Fabi came up with Which is Hashtag support brown podcast And I was like Great idea dude So we talked about it On an episode They talked about it And then all of a sudden We heard other podcasts Reaching out And they're like Oh I want to be at this table So we went from two podcasts To three to four And we're like Okay we cannot have More than four fucking people At At one table At Molcajete And so Then it went from four to six to seven to eight to over 17 different podcasts that were not just local to Los Angeles, but they were coming in from um, New York, from D.C., from Boston, from Dallas, from Houston, San Antonio, um, Las Vegas, Northern California, everywhere. And we were like, what the hell? That's insane. And then we were like, okay, we have five weeks to get this shit off the ground. Luckily for us, Plaza de la Cultura y Artes, helped us tremendously. Um, And so we are super grateful. We are beyond grateful to them. We were really appreciative of their support, Uh, but we still needed to cough up some money. And so we're like, okay, we know that we're not, we're probably not gonna get any sponsor dollars because it's too late in the game, right? Everybody has already allocated their marketing dollars for 2017, it's over. But maybe somebody has a couple of dollars left over that they would wanna throw this way. And okay so we reached out to different companies and of course we knew that we were going to get the sensor. all our money has been allocated but hit us up for next year okay fine and then we released the tickets and we wanted to be have it be a free event so we released 300 tickets which is what our capacity was at the venue and people registered and those tickets were gone in less than two hours yep i didn't even get any and we were like damn okay we know there's a need for this we know there's a need for this in this community and then we reached out to other brands. And one of, the brand, one of the people that we reached out to was a network, which I'm not going to mention their names, but many of us are on that network. And when we talked to them, they were like, yeah, we're super interested. We see what you guys are doing, and it's fabulous. Y que la chingada, blah, blah, blah. Este, we would love to have a list of all the participating uh, podcasts because we would love to hit, hit some of them up so, so they can be in our network. And unfortunately, we don't have money. Granted, they had just been the presenting sponsor at an, uh, a podcasting event in Anaheim, which I'm sure by being a presenting sponsor, it wasn't anything less than $100,000. <laughs> that sponsorship had to be more than six figures. And I know this because I'm in this world of experiential marketing, and so I know about sponsorships, and now I know about events. However, they were like, but we'll be more than happy to support you guys by promoting, a, promoting you on our social media platforms. And I, and that at that point, I lost it. And I was like, well, thank you so much. We really appreciate that. But that's one of the main reasons as to why we're going with Molcajete Dominguero, because they have over 15,000 followers, not your shitty 1,300 followers. And uh, I didn't say that, but that's really what I meant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they were like, oh, oh, yeah, well, that makes sense. And, and then we hung up the phone because Pam from Café con Pam was on that call with me. And I was like, Pam, no mames, dude. These people are ripping us off. They are paying us pennies to the dollars we should be making in advertisements that they put on our podcast. And they're asking us to do the work by growing our listenership. Like they have the money to be able to get billboards. And if they don't want to promote a single podcast, then they should promote the hashtag support podcast. But they're wanting us to do that work. And then which we should be doing but then they're going to reap the rewards. That's bullshit. Why don't we become our own network? Why don't we represent? And so we started researching how much it costs to advertise and what's the typical and blah, blah, blah. And, and, and all this researching, we were like, they're paying us cents per thousand downloads. When industry standards are $18 per thousand downloads, how is it that they're paying us cents? Well, because nobody did the research. They just, Shiny mirror Shiny and it's mirror easier.
0: And it's probably And it's easier to get on Those those part of those networks So you just get on And they do the work for you it's Technically Yeah but, you know? but
1: really What what work are you doing for us? At least not for our community You know And so We were so pissed And we're like Alright let's start the network But let's think about the network After Podcast Right now we need to get this Off the ground Then we went to Fucking Tapatio And we asked for money We're like Give us $500 Give us $1,000 Something And they're like We'll give you Tapatillo bottles.
0: Oh, uh, that's why we gave away tapatillo bottles. And,
1: and we were like, okay, well, we need 300. They gave us 270. And they were like the five-ounce fucking bottles. And that's why I said at Podcasterio, you as the consumer have so much power. We need you guys to tag Tapatillo and say, hey, we're at Podcasterio. We need you guys to spend your marketing dollars here next year. Because we have the power as consumers. But guess what? Nobody is giving that information out. Everybody is always holding that information in. So for us, Podcasterio Network is, is, is going to be somewhere where we're going to help you as a, as a uh, podcast, but we need you to help us out as well by you promoting other podcasts, by you letting people know that these other podcasts exist, by you at the end of every podcast saying Podcasterio Network or part of Podcasterio Network or something. So we're still, we're still trying to figure out these things out, but we, we've already been approached by different brands who are like, hey, we know that this is new. We don't know how to navigate this. Can you guys help us so that we can sponsor some podcast? And we're like, hell yeah, we can help you. And guess what? This is what it costs. It's $18 general market. But guess what? We are the Latino market. And you know that the Latino market is the most loyal fucking market consumers that there are out there. If you show us a fucking mariachi in your commercial, we're down with you forever. You know, and I know this because I work in marketing. And so guess what? Yours is not going to be $18. Yours is going to cost $20 because when people listen to our podcast, they listen as they were our friends. And you and I both know that the best of, uh, form of advertising is word of mouth. So when we're advertising and we're saying, hey, try the new cafe, blah, 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 blah. We're talking to our friends. And we're family. talking to our friends. This is not a fucking commercial. This is not your general market where... You know, in Gringolandia, it's just a commercial. No, these are our friends, and this is a word of mouth. So that's why we're worth more. And so we're fighting for that. And, of course, we're going to have to charge because, again, we're not a nonprofit. We have to make money, but we're not going to give you pennies or cents to the dollars that you should be making. Um, so that's how that all started. And in Cinco Semanas, we put together Podcasterio Fest. We're already working towards Podcasterio Fest 2018. Um, and we're hoping that it's going to be bigger, better. And we're hoping that by then we've already, um, put together a list of like, this is what you need to be a part of podcast studio. And somebody did ask me, I was on, let me know podcast. And he asked me, angel, what are the requirements? And I said, we don't know what those requirements are yet, but if you think that part of those requirements are for you to have a big social media following and for you to, you know, have a lot of reviews, no. Because all of us started with zero reviews and with zero followers at one point. So we wish there was somebody there to guide us and tell us, hey, you should be posting this. Hey, you should be using these hashtags. Hey, you should be da 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 da. So we are going to take in anybody. Granted, there's going to be levels because in order for us to sell advertisement, you need to get to a certain number of downloads before brands are starting to look at you. Yeah. Look at you. Yeah. But in the meantime, we can help cultivate you, you know, which there's nothing like that out there. Um, there are a couple of networks that they say there for the Latinos, but these networks have been put together by, um, CEOs. It comes from big money. They come from big money. Yeah. It's that it's so not, it's not grassroots. It's not, not grassroots, but here's, here's the biggest idea. The biggest idea is that if you go to, if you, if you listen to radio and if you watch TV, there's no television station, there's no radio station out there that is promoting their competitors. Right? You'll never hear a radio station say, hey, we only play hip-hop, but I know you like Ranchera, so listen to our friends over at blah, 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 right? So for us as podcasters, that's how we are different. If there's another POC talk podcast, it shouldn't matter because there's enough for everybody. Maybe your format is completely different from theirs, and somebody's going to like their format, or somebody's going to like your format better than others. There's enough, you know, and that was the biggest idea that we wanted to promote at Podcasterio fest that if you're a parenting podcast hey there might be other parenting podcasts and that's fine you should be promoting them because not everybody has the same parenting skills or or, or does parenting the same way right so there's millions of latinos out there there's enough for everybody to go around and that was the biggest um uh, um that was the biggest um points that we wanted to get across. And that's why I was wearing that shirt that shirt, the no seamos envidiosos. Yeah, and it's true. Stop hating on each other. We yeah. that, we
0: do that a lot. We do it a lot as a we community, a unfortunately. Lot. We do that a yeah, lot. Yeah, when we, we should be uplifting each other, when we should be supporting each other, exactly. we're just hating on each other. Ah, que, ah, no, aquel, no, aquel. Oh, they're already doing it.
1: Nah, well, who gives a crap? Like you're telling me that that like somebody invented the wheel and nobody else invented anything similar to it? Like, who cares? Do it, do it your way. Ponle tu sabor, tu sazón, tu, you know, your um, ¿cómo se dice? Give it your signature, you know? So, so yeah. That was podcast
0: That's sick, man. I'm looking forward to the next one. It's going to be so so much fun. I know. Um, I do have one question too <laughs> that I was I was going to ask you earlier. Uh-huh. Because but first of all, once again, thanks thanks for again thanks for inviting me. It was No, thank it, you, it, man, it was, because was I was awesome. about to beg. No, no, thanks for no, this podcast. No, I'm saying thank you for inviting me to, <laughs> to, to for Podcastelio Fest. Um that was that was that was great. I, like I said, I, I had a great experience. And um again yeah, and thank you for being here because this is this is amazing. I've been the first time, I remember when I had, I had some reservations about reaching out to you just because, you know, I don't know. I thought there was just going <laughs> to be like a little bit of a hierarchy or some sort of, uh, you know, I don't know. I didn't know. So I was like, Whoa. I don't know, you know, maybe I, should, I will. Fuck it. Whatever. Let's see what happens. I'm just going to write the email, see what happens. And thank you for responding to that email. That was that was great. And and coming out for, for lunch that one day because it was a great time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the way we kind of end this thing is we just do plugs and we, or recommendations. So if there's anything that you got, uh, you know, that you want to plug in, whether it's the next uh, Morcachete um, or the next, uh, you know, your next, you know, just plug everything, all your stuff. Everything. You have too much stuff. I'm gonna plug you, but if you wanna, if you wanna <laughs> give us some of your handles, go for it.
1: Well, um, thank you so much, and thank you so much for reaching out. I think that that's important, and um, you know, I'm not about the fucking hierarchy and when I says my mother like I'm not about that um and I hope that whoever is listening to this podcast your podcast which is great that don't ever feel like you can't reach out to someone the worst they can say the worst that can happen is they don't respond but then you kind of get an idea as to who that person is or, or or whatnot right so just always reach out social media influencer reach out dm email whatever and that's what I found out. People are always like, how did you get a hold of that person? How did you dude? a DM, an email? So don't be afraid. And that goes back to us thinking that, you know, oh, they're at this level. They're never going to, you know, you don't know that. You don't know that. So just fucking do it again. That goes back to me saying, I'd rather fail. I'd rather get a no than not know if I'm going to get a no or a yes. Right. So always reach out. Um, for the plugs, well, you can, uh, definitely find me at Nos Vemos en el Swat Meet, which is my current podcast. Um, you can, uh, at Nos Vemos en el Swat Meet on Instagram, um, at Calchones if you want to see the calchonis and, and, uh, all the people that are wearing them. And you could also find us at Globitos, so you can order some Globos, just substitute the O's for zeros and at Mercado, L- Mercado underscore LA. And at Molcajete Dominguero.
0: Damn, is there a limit on on Instagram accounts? Like,
1: and <laughs> at uh, Podcasterio. and at La Jota app, there is a limit. I always have to log out. and log Oh out. damn, for real? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, but thank you so much. And 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 recommendations for other podcasts. Definitely Latinos Who Lunch, eh, Cabronas y Chingonas. They're amazing. Este. Café con Pam, Let There Be Loose, uh, Let Me Know Pod. There's so many podcasts out there.
0: And and they're all through just looking at the Podcasterio Instagram account. Yes. They're all listed on they're there too. They're all listed on right?
1: there. There's so many new ones. There's one um, uh, that just came out. Um, ¿Cómo se llama? Shit, se me olvidó el nombre. But just go on Podcasterio. Which are you talking them. about? Este, damn, I was just listening to it. On my drive back from um kiosco? El, El kiosco también. Oh, yeah. El kiosco. shout out to emmanuel that's they're freaking awesome este, no, mira, voy a decir quién. the central american one yeah oh you're talking about uh i just listened to their latest episode and it's so great how well i'm not going to spoil it but it's just funny how the universe works so it I, is uh, yeah and i love that i love that i just wish there was a podcast where um, it was somebody from El Salvador, Guatemala, Mexico, on like I don't know, like a mix of everyone, a molcajete of people, <laughs> a molcajete of people, you know? Because I I I get it and I understand what they're doing and I think it's great, uh, but I but I still feel that divide. Mm. I wish there was somehow mm. so, like. I mean, hey, hey, we come hey, together.
0: If, hey, if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be you, Luis.
1: No, ya otro pinche podcast
0: ya no, All right, well, thanks so much, dude. Uh, hey, guys, thank you so much for tuning in and for being part of this hashtag support brown podcast, hashtag support POC podcast movement Really appreciate your support. And I can't tell you again, you know, this is the most important part of the show. This is where I ask you for a huge favor. I ask you to share this episode and go on the Apple Podcast app or the Google Play Music or Stitcher or wherever you listen to podcasts. And you rate us uh, five stars and you give us a review uh, and let us know because that's what keeps us coming back. And if you want to get in touch with us, feel free to write us at pocktalkpod at gmail.com. Our website is pocktalkpod.com. And you can find us on Facebook and on Instagram at pocktalk and on Twitter at pocktalk1. And we'll catch you next time on Pock Talk.